0: the gates and ready to go hot Mike with hunting with row underway across the outkick network glad you're with us however you may be viewing or listening to the show you can join us on the youtube page hit up outkick there hope you'll subscribe to the channel like and join us in the chat which is already rolling strong live from sixth and peabody with eha beer and old smoky moonshine big show planned john mcclain joins us coming up in about an hour and 15 minutes Stephon Diggs in Buffalo, is he not? His agent says he is for mandatory minicamp. Meanwhile, Sean McDermott says he's not, and it's very troubling. We'll find out uh, the very latest there and what it's all about and how quickly it gets resolved. A lot of discussion about the running backs across the NFL as well. Kurt Schilling joins us. He's back on the show today. Hour number three, College World Series is set. High pitching totals. For starters, in the Super Regionals, a lot to discuss with Kurt across Major League Baseball. Always a great chat with him. That will be in today's final hour. Chad, good afternoon. Good
1: afternoon, Hutton. Big show today.
0: They're all big. That's right. Hey, we've got a, a, a big superstar now in the NBA. Another one. And this one is a no-brainer with Jokic. But, I mean, the back-to-back MVP from uh, the last, uh, two of the last three years was a relative unknown, really, across the, the casual sports fan landscape because he's not on the national TV, you know, viewing as, as far as uh, what TNT and ESPN would put out there on a normal basis. And we're about to see more and more of the world champion Denver Nuggets moving forward. Uh, I thought top to bottom, the NBA really needed a solid, strong, outstanding playoff. They got it even though an eight seed ends up in the final and you didn't have Boston and Denver go toe-to-toe like many thought would be the case whenever we actually saw uh, the, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals lock up. Chad, I, I thought the NBA really won this because I'm, I'm the guy that's not watching the regular season. Um, the, even the NBA players don't really start going hard until fourth quarter, and I've got the three-minute rule tell me when the game's close with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter and I'll flip over in the regular season. They they still need to earn that. But the storylines were on the court or in the locker room with trash talk. They created buzz with not just the play-in games, but once we got to L.A. and Memphis and you, you had the opportunity to see what would happen if a guy wants to step forward and talk trash to LeBron James. That was entertaining. Then you have the Sacramento Kings who are a flash in the pan, but they had to go through what the Golden State has been able to create over the last several years, and they seem like they're an up-and-coming team that's worth following. And from the Eastern Conference, the one seed goes down in the first round, but the team that knocks them out ends up in the NBA Finals with Jimmy Butler taking over for the majority of the games that mattered. He didn't last night when it mattered, and that's why the NBA has not just a couple of good storylines, but they now have the face of the league moving forward in Jokic. He took over. 41st overall pick. A Taco Bell commercial was on TV during the NBA draft when he was drafted by the Denver Nuggets. And he ends up being a unanimous MVP for the NBA Finals. And he leads all players in the three main categories for the entire NBA playoffs. Jamal Murray comes back off the ACL. Michael Malone shows that you can have a strong voice in a locker room as an NBA head coach and lead a team from the bench. Fantastic job, top to bottom, and they even got it right with John ja Morant and keeping the suspension low key until after Denver had its moment. I, I I think the NBA they won. Denver wins, but the NBA won by having not just the number one seed, but the top to bottom best team and. What is the, the old-school way of building this team? Win the NBA championship by, by a mile. That was the headline at SI. Denver wins by a mile. And they're right. Best team, hands down. But the NBA had a really good playoff top to bottom, Chad. The NBA won
1: in this whole deal. I'm, I'm with you on all those points. One area they lost last night, that review oh. on the Jimmy Butler foul, I, I, I don't know how anyone – with a good conscience, can come back and say, that was a defensive foul worthy of three shots in that moment in the game. Jimmy Butler almost took over. He hit back-to-back threes and got three more points on that that foul that was not, where he puts his foot out in a kicking motion to draw contact where no contact was made on him, and they reviewed it, and everyone on the ESPN ABC broadcast, Van Gundy is saying, well, that's clearly going to be overturned. And they come back, and even the NBA in-cahoots announcers have to say, that's just flat-out wrong. And I'm sorry, but when I, it. I, all's well that ends well, and I'm glad the Nuggets won. It didn't cost them a championship. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, that could have cost them that game. And then that game becomes a game six back in Miami, which could become a game seven to win it all. That's a huge moment in the game to completely botch. And while I think this has all been great for the NBA this postseason, you need to clean up your officiating and your review process because just like Tim Donaghy, the moment you open the door to possible impropriety, you start to get questioned on everything. And I don't like to be too extremist on things, but I watched that review last night and I tweeted it. My first thought was they're rigging this to try to get more games because this series has been good and these playoffs have been good. Well, I don't know how you look at that and uphold a foul call. In,
0: on any planet, everyone who saw that said that is not a defensive foul. Well, I'm with you on uh, with the Tim Donaghy stuff. Everything's going to be questioned. They're the most transparent when it comes to their officials of the leagues, and in, in, in large part because of Tim Donaghy. But they have the announcement now at the, at the broadcast table that, where they will tell the, not just the arena but the, the announcers what's going on. I don't know why that wasn't communicated. Uh, beyond that, I don't think it necessarily changes the series, that one call if they end up winning the game. What it did is change the line. It was Denver minus nine, so if you took the points and you're thinking Denver rolls, they were up. That Miami went on an eight oh run with what a two minutes to go in that game last night? To make it much closer than what it was even like down the stretch.
1: Well, look, it, it didn't cost them, which I'm I'm thankful for, but it is the type of call that could have. And then you got a game six on the road. All of a sudden, if Miami goes on and get you know has that happen, those three points of the difference, they win by one or two, it, it could have cost the Nuggets the series. Um, I'm glad it ended the way well, that it
0: did. I also think Miami didn't really want to extend the series. As crazy as that sounds, Butler takes a ter- a terrible three. This is after they they were going back and forth, matching buckets. It was a very entertaining final three minutes. But they went on the 8-0 run, and then Jokic took over. Murray missed a, a, a fadeaway jumper. Uh, they get the rebound and the putback um, on, on the offensive boards, and then they come down and miss a shot. Miami misses a shot. Denver gets the rebound. They get fouled. They hit two free throws. I think they're, they're up three. There is a terrible, just terrible three taken by Butler. And on the, final, on the next possession, he throws, throws the ball away on a steal, and with 25 seconds to go, they're down three. Spolster calls timeout. They had one more possession where they missed the, they missed the shot. And then they just didn't foul.
1: Yeah, they were down five. I think they were down five. There's about 15 seconds left. They're low. just letting it
0: play out. And yeah, it, I'm that, that like, was
1: one. That was more of like a, a people were joking about point shaving because they didn't want them to get to the, the line at that point. So they didn't foul the last 15
0: seconds to make it worse? I I just immediately thought, I'm like, well, they just know that they're not going to beat this Yeah, I
1: applauded that because I think that Lowry missed that three with 15 seconds left. And they were down five. So instead of fouling, Lowry immediately, and and Spolster told them, they called a timeout. If you don't hit the shot, we're not fouling them. Because Lowry missed it and extended his hand to shake shake his hand. Yeah. With about 14, 15 seconds left trying to go ahead and greet them and just let the Nuggets dribble it out, which... I mean, I get it. It's not what normally happens in a basketball game, but what would have happened was they fouled them, they go hit one or two more free throws, and the game is still over. Um, Hats off to Nikola Jokic, who is now a different type of superstar. We've said that throughout these playoffs, but post-game last night, has the man even celebrated yet? He went and consoled every Heat player, shook everyone's hand, went out of his way to shake others' hands, We're seeing him now drink some champagne. I saw a Serbian
0: dance party in the locker room also. Yes, if he celebrated. I don't think he knows how. I mean, he he doesn't know how to celebrate with champagne. He didn't know how to spray it.
1: It, It It's crazy. It it really is in a (laughs) look-at-me, look-at-me world. Yeah, I'm doing this for Instagram follows or likes or clicks. Yeah, Here's Nikola Jokic, the best player on the planet right now, who has a hard time receiving any praise from anyone, goes out of his way to talk about how tough the Miami Heat were, goes out of his way to go and shake the hand of everyone in the Heat roster, even a bench player who was walking off kind of watching the celebration for the Heat. He went over some guy in his warm-up top and pat him on the back and said something to him and and shook his hand. post-game interview, he says, quote, the job is done, we can go home now. And gave all of the credit to his teammates, Uh, all of it. I I love this selfless quality. This is a lost art, not just in sports, in life. In entertainment, for sure, it's a lost art. I listened to a podcast on the show Barry with Bill Hader. Bill Hader is one of my favorite celebrities because when you listen to this podcast, he goes out of his way to mention the name of every stunt person, every boom mic operator, Every PA, when something comes up, he will give credit to someone for a scene and talk about how great of a job they did. And he will deflect credit to someone else. The greatest leaders that I've ever seen in any walk of life, they are quick to do that. Some of the smartest people I know are quick to give praise to someone else and give credit to someone else. And they deflect that. That is servant leadership at its best. And that's Nikola Jokic. And I admire the heck out of the guy. And I look at his comments about job is done. We can go home now. And there were some people saying, man, this guy's really, you know, wanting to get out of Denver in a hurry. And I thought to myself, you know, if I had a a wife and child and brothers and sisters and everyone else with me in a foreign country, or I went to go, let's say I played basketball in Turkey, and I had to stay an extra three months to go win the Turkish basketball championship. I'd be the same way. Can I get back home to the United States? The man wants to go back home to Serbia. I, I understand it. Now, it's the NBA. He's playing in the NBA because the, it's the top league in the world. It's not an American going to a minor league in Turkey well, to go win a championship.
0: But that's just how he's built. Well, I know, he wants to He's go home. done his job, and he wants to go home now. He, he's, I mean, is he going to enjoy the parade on Thursday? Doubtful. No. I mean, he's probably no.
1: enjoying it, but he's just not looking like he's enjoying
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, so I just—it's—it's
1: so refreshing to see this type
0: of—it's very genuine. Yeah, Um, it's it's who he
1: is. I don't think that it's it's not false humility. I agree. Uh, He did get emotional last night on the bench at one point, yelling at his teammates. They had a nice close-up of him on the bench, getting as animated as I've ever seen when they were down seven or eight points about what he wanted done. But I I just—I marvel at this guy throughout these playoffs, how he's handled himself and just. How unique that was. Every championship celebration when someone wins their first. It is an emotional event. It Jamal is Murray. a celebratory Jamal event. Jamal Murray last Jamal night. Murray was great also. I love that that emotion. But that's what you're describing. But I and I'm not Jokic not being excited about it is not what I'm praising him about. You know, that's different but I I liked it. It was refreshing and I'm sure he is excited deep down. It's that the first thing he did was go and tell the team that just lost in five games great job and then the first thing he talks about when asked about the championship he's talking about his teammates and Hutton you're right then you go to the flip side of that and when they brought up you know Jamal Murray barely being able to walk a couple of years ago and he starts tearing up and the crowd goes nuts that was a chill bump inducing moment for me to watch the crowd start going crazy and Jamal Murray's response to that very cool scene in Denver last night. See, year.
0: I, I watch Jokic, and I think with his ability to suppress emotion, if he played on the PGA Tour, now to live, I mean, he, he'd win 30 majors, you know? I mean, yeah. the, the greatest players on tour, like the, the legendary players are able to suppress emotion in the biggest moments on the course. Jokic is able to do that. But you know, he also takes over. I mean, last night in the fourth quarter, but beyond that, I mean, he's the first player to lead all players in the postseason in points, rebounds, and assists. He's the, he's the lowest drafted player at 41 overall to win the NBA Finals MVP. And he did it unanimously. Total dominance, and it was throughout the entire postseason. And now the NBA has a star to market that is about Chad, humility, integrity, not the BS. And that goes back to the postseason. They were able – they already had a star. I'm not sure many people really bought into it um, because they just weren't watching him. Shaquille O'Neal watched him play in person for the first time. This – and it happened during Game 1 of the NBA Finals. That's crazy to think about. Well, it's a it's an amazing two days for Serbia when Novak Djokovic
1: – it's hard saying both names back-to-back and not blending the two of them. Novak yeah. Djokovic yes. – Wins his 23rd Grand Slam, and then Nikola Jokic wins the first ever NBA title for the Denver Nuggets in back to back days. Really cool to see that. Now, we can get into a whole big discussion about how marketable is the international star to an American audience. And a guy who is quick to say, which I love, he say, Hey, the job is done. Can I go home now? Now I can go home. And he gets GTFO out of the United States immediately. How marketable is that for the NBA? I, I still think, even though he is a Serbian player, not just Serbian born, he's a Serbian. He's going to go live. His primary residence is in Serbia. I still think I would market the hell out of that guy. Oh, if I'm the they NBA, have to. everyone who has been oh, the NBA is always fixed, and the NBA is woke, and the NBA is this, and they when they went all in on BLM and this and that, I was out market. Jokic. And I'm not saying that because he's white. I'm saying that because this dude reflects the selfless, hardcore work ethic of a lot of Americans out there. They can relate to that. Can they relate to John ja Morant flashing a gun at a strip club? Probably not. A lot of Americans can relate to Nikola Jokic, who seems to just put, get his lunch pail, go to work, wins the game and has zero emotion about it and is ready to go home. At the end of the day, I would go all in on Nikola Jokic and marketing the heck out of him if I'm the NBA. Hutton, I think, based on your opening, what you were talking about with this being a big win for the NBA this postseason, I think they're going to do exactly that. The, the days of no one watches Nuggets games or no one knows who Jokic is, those days are over now.
0: I mean, no one was watching the Milwaukee Bucks until Giannis showed up. That's right. You know, no one's watching Golden State until Steph Curry's there. Um, I just think we're, we're late to the scene on what Jokic has done. We, we've seen him be crowned a guy without the climb, right? Like he wasn't even the prince. And, and that even go like, that just shows you, like, I think the voters that voted in back-to-back MVP are correct. They're seeing this. But I think in large part, the national viewing audience is just seeing him play for the first time on a consistent basis. That's not going away. You'll get sick of him before you end up uh, missing him next time you see him. Uh, coming up, you I, mentioned— I love it.
1: I just—I'm I'm, all—and I was all in on Giannis, too. And I still love still that am. guy. I yeah. mean, yeah. when the Bucks won it, that was a story see, you could get behind. That's the point. Like, these, are, these are two guys that's so yeah. easy to root for and yet, with their story, and their background,
0: save. and how—yes. Giannis uh, Milwaukee takes the Supermax contract in Milwaukee. Could have done it wherever. Takes it to Milwaukee. So the, if you want to play with Giannis, you're not going to recruit him. You're going to go with him wherever he is. And that's playing for the Bucks, the number one seed in the East. Meanwhile, Jokic, he's not going anywhere. With Mike, Michael Malone as the head coach, with Jamal Murray paired with him, you went through the contract status. Yeah. It's fantastic. I,
1: I love it. Rob on the YouTube chat says, but other players aren't humble or work hard. He's boring. He's got a bad body. He doesn't speak great English. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Don't see him being the face of the NBA. Yes, other players work hard. I'm sure other players have bad bodies, too. And there are plenty of players who don't speak great <laughs> English. By the way, some of them from the United States that don't speak great English. But yeah. you know what he is? The best damn player in the world.
0: Who is this Greek and Adonis that's in the chat right now? the best damn player
1: in the world is that selfless and hardworking and deflects to his teammates and gets along with his team the way he does and is a great coachable player the way he is, market the hell out of it. Because that flies in the face of what the critics of the National Basketball Association would say about the league. So lean into that. The diehards are going to be there no matter what. This dude will sell to your critics. And that is so important in sports, in business, in everything. If you want to sell to everyone, get your critics on your side eventually.
0: The NBA can do that with Jokic. Now's their opportunity. Well, the thing is, you don't have to sell him. That's the thing. You don't have to push some false narrative. Moving forward, I'm, I'm going to appreciate the people that are about honesty, integrity, and you know, they're going to point to others first before they they take credit, which is exactly what he's done. The NBA's done the opposite. Many businesses are exactly the same way. They're pushing the same BS. This guy's not. And I'm glad the NBA you don't even have to lean into it. Just feature him. You don't have to fake it. I think mean, that's the point. You don't have to fake the promotion and backing of an NBA player when you're backing Jokic. This dude's the real deal. Yeah, he's the. And genuine, we're continue to talk the about genuine, or even if it's and not I, on the I rundown, we're it. going to continue to talk about stuff like this. I respect it. Coming up, the PGA Tour. They're remaining in the news because now the government's taking a peek. Well, Jay Monahan, who leads all things PGA Tour and now works for the Saudis, he is saying that well, the feds they the federal government looked the other way. They, they left us on an island by, them, by by ourselves when we actually needed help. We'll dive into what he's all trying to sell now. Plus it is John ja Morant watch season and the NBA got this right too. Pushing this to the afterburner now of the off season, as we await to find out what the suspension will be like for another NBA star. That's next on Hot Mike. 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hunting Withrow across the Outkick Network. YouTube is where you can find the Outkick channel. All of the shows uh, across the network available there live and on demand. Coming up, John McClain joins us in a a little under an hour. Uh, Kurt Schilling uh, on the show today. His latest podcast, Kurt Schilling Show, available right now at Outkick.com. Hit us up uh, on social media and in the chat. Uh, where we continue to talk NBA headlines in the chat. John Morant's going to be in the headlines soon whenever Adam Silver decides to announce the punishment that is forthcoming and we accept it to be we we, we expect it to be steep. I don't know if we will accept it for whatever it ends up being uh, based on the number of games because that's going to be the, the large debate here is what's acceptable versus what is looked at. Similar, it won't be similar to the last suspension. Eight games was a breeze, and as was the drive-through counseling session he took in Florida. Um, but I, it, I don't know what would be viewed as light versus heavy-handed. I think they should just come come forward with a suspended indefinitely, do it the way the NFL would handle a player betting on the game, suspended indefinitely. And or or the way the nBA uh, the the NFL would handle a similar situation um, where the indefinite suspension doesn't mean a season. it doesn't mean it has to be half a season. It just means there are parameters set set forth that must be you know you, you have to stay within the parameters, the guidelines, the boundaries. And not two months later, after you have a meeting face to face with the commissioner, a similar situation arise. That to me is is more important than just a number of games. I, I, want to, I actually want to see him do well. And in order to get back into the league, if he really wants it, I think the NBA should just lay out a, a, an indefinite suspension where we will monitor to make sure that everything's going in, in, in the favor of Ja Morant and in the favor of him rejoining the league. Because that's what needs to happen. He needs to find some help.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think both's possible. Um, where you could say... Punishment or suspension, no shorter than forty games, with stipulations to return.
0: At that time, we will It needs to
1: be a half a season. Look, I hope John Morant gets the help that he needs. The NBA can mandate some of that, and hopefully, all of that works. But John Morant's got to feel like he needs help first, and I, I've not seen any evidence that that is the case with John Morant, and it is not the NBA's responsibility. To rehabilitate him. It is the NBA's responsibility to look out for the NBA. And if John Morant wants to continue to make that max contract money he signed with the Grizzlies, he will have to adhere to the NBA's policies. Now, to not be completely heartless and not be disingenuous, the NBA should set out their policies to be something along the lines of, not it's not court-ordered because he hasn't been arrested for anything, but league-ordered therapy. There needs to be probably some community service involved, involving gun violence or whatever you want to call it. There needs to be some of that that happens with John Morant for him to get back to playing in the NBA. But I just don't see this as the NBA has to rehabilitate John Morant. The NBA needs to not look two-faced in their efforts to make sure that John Morant sees that he should make better decisions but ultimately, this is on John Morant and who he has around him to do the right thing, to get better when it comes to this, and to get back to dominating. Because well, this guy is a great talent
0: if it, he can play. It is about how John Morant wants to approach this. But you better believe the, it's about the NBA whenever, uh, to, 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 if they're going to allow him back in the league, to make sure that he's worthy of being back in the league based on what Adam Silver feels like is representable when you have an investigation, not just involving John Morant, but the Indiana Pacers. It's more than just one player involved in the totality of it. This is not waving a gun in the passenger seat. This is everything involved. This is the the manager down at the footlocker. John Morant represents the NBA while doing that. And what they can't just do is just move him aside and just continue forward and not expect for that to continue to happen. They, uh, they've they've got to make sure if he's going to be back in the league at some point, and I think we, we all agree he will be, they're going to let him play again at some point, that he's, he's more reliable than two months down the, down the path of letting him back in or having a conversation where you're backing him to where you're back in the headlines doing the exact same thing again. And maybe that happens again. But what they can't let happen is for this to bleed over into something much more serious. And that's the path that we're on currently. They've got to derail and and get a different direction going from what they're doing right now and how they've approached his discipline. And I think the only way to do that is to do the indefinite suspension and then allow him to show you whether or not he's on that path (laughs) instead of just waiting a couple of weeks and then saying, all right, let's try this again. Which is what they did last time. And, say, and instead of a couple of weeks, it would be a couple of months. And then we'll try this again. I, I think they have to be much more involved than just simply saying, bring us back a signed signature from your doctor.
1: Yeah, and I'm separating the footlocker or mall incident with the mom where he threatened the, the manager at the shoe store. And I'm separating that and the, the pickup basketball game at his house with the teenager Punch and threats. I'm I'm taking that out of the NBA equation. They have to consider that though. They do, but I'm saying from a just for the 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 John ja Morant defender out there,
0: mm, yes, and there's okay. plenty
1: of them. It's like, what has he done? It's illegal, you know. These representative Republican representatives pose with guns and uh, three strikes already. Okay, and I'm taking those two out from an NBA perspective. The guy was investigated for him and his crew putting a, a laser pointer on a gun pointing it at another NBA team's bus. That's one. The fact it had to be investigated. Huge strike. Two, on a road trip to Denver, he's seen in a strip club with a gun after the laser pointer incident. And three was the latest Instagram live video with the gun. So for those that are saying, oh, well, you know, half a season or a season sounds like it's too much. And- I say he's already had three strikes The next one will be a fourth. I could see some sort of to go along with you have to meet these criteria to return after a half a season or a season, some level of probation from the league that if any gun related incident happens in the next season and a
0: half, you are kicked out of the league. And, but but also, they've given for for the for the those that are saying like, what's he done that's illegal? You know, JJ Reddick has said this. It's the, He's already been handed the benefit of the doubt, even though I think like, if this were a civil trial, and it's not a criminal case, but if this were a civil trial, it would be more reasonable than not is the conclusion you have to come with. 51% to 49 Well, the NBA came back after the Denver gun incident in the club and said, well, we couldn't prove that he brought this on the flight, that it was on a team bus, that it was his gun. He has a legal carry permit. It's not illegal to have it there based on that permit and we couldn't prove that anything was taking place on NBA property which includes the plane traveling with it and the team bus and the team hotel. But if this were a civil trial wouldn't we say it's more reasonable than not that that was his of course and it did it was taken to those NBA quote unquote properties. So the, the, benefit of the, doubt, the, the benefit of the doubt was an eight-game suspension for, for that and, and knowing that if this happens, it's like a – Chad, we looked it up. It's like a 50-game suspension automatic if, they, if that takes place on the team flight or on the bus. And guess what happened after the benefit of the doubt was given? They changed their travel policy where they're not going to stay over an extra night in the popular cities.
1: In hindsight, too, Hutton, that eight-game suspension seems really light. At the time, yeah. I remember thinking, okay, that that feels about right, and then he'll be back in time for the playoffs. You know, that felt okay, but now if you see no. this other thing happen, it all feels way too light. Why? Because he immediately violated the trust of Adam Silver and the NBA after meeting with him after this latest incident so quickly. Mm-hmm. So now it felt like, well, that wasn't enough because that didn't get through to him. What will get through to him? And I do think it's a combo of at least half a season suspension that is, I like the idea of making it indefinite to an extent, and you have to do this, 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 and this before you're allowed to play again.
0: The other thing is, uh, going along with this benefit of the doubt, is the fact that they treated the announcement like he, he was diagnosed with some terminal illness. You know, like he's away from the team, he's jaw is getting uh, getting some things right he's away from the team and we'll update you at, at, at a further time and it took two or three days before anything was even coming to light on the fact that he's down in florida for counseling and then before that story was even really discussed over a 24 to 48 hour period he's flying to new york to meet with silver and before you know it he's back in and silver's releasing a statement saying he felt that he was honest and contrite with him across the table from him which wasn't true he said across he'd be he, Tape the interview. He had, he, uh, he had Jalen Rose asking the, the questions on ESPN. And he's back in the, the, back in the playoffs, just in time for the playoffs with the Grizzlies. And then soon after, we see what happens as the next series begins without gr- the Grizzlies a part of it. It's a... Again, it's just a trend, and it's going to continue unless the NBA is able to actually... Find find avenues to where you can actually get his attention. I don't know what those I, I'm not pretending I say I know what those are. But, you know, you've got everyone from Charles Barkley to little Wayne that are trying to reach out to him. Pac-Man Jones uh, admitted with Pat McAfee that he, he tried to reach out to him. Pacman was suspended for a full season. He yeah. had to get back with Goodell before he was allowed to even be traded to the Dallas Cowboys in Tennessee. Yeah,
1: had to be vetted by the commissioner, to and that be involved a shooting
0: good. out in a Vegas strip club where a guy was left paralyzed. Um, point being, it's not just the league; it is Morant. But and yes, he's got to be willing to you know accept that he he, he wants to actually change, but. The NBA can't just say, well, it's up to Ja if he wants to change. They have to make sure. They give so many different areas of influence to him. And yeah, there are but, so many guys, even in the league now, former players that are saying the exact same thing, and they see it coming too.
1: But if they do all that and he does all of that and he still hasn't changed because he doesn't want to, right. at some point it's no longer on the NBA. Right. It is going to
0: have to be on him. But real quick. I can't, let's say that happens after a half game, a 40 game suspension. And then, well, Jaw didn't want to change, but they let him back in. And then a month later, something else happens. I could, like, they have to make sure that, from, because on the backside of what we saw from the last disciplinary action taken, we don't really know what he did and didn't do. Yeah. The NBA has got to make sure they know. that they relay what he's doing or not doing in order to make sure that, We're not pointing to some light discipline or some look-the-other-way mentality, which seems to be what has happened and the trend over the past year of nothing but report after report. So Alib in the YouTube chat says, Athletes
1: get so much slack for acting like morons that the rest of us don't get, and then people want to sit here and suggest we're being too hard on them. Give me a break. The only difference is the spotlight on it. Uh, You you do something stupid, and you're a celebrity or an athlete to this extent— then everybody's going to talk about it and not everyone's going to talk about the dumb stuff that we do. But I'll put this into context for those trying to cut slack on John Morant or make false equivalencies. If I got mad at Davey Hudson one day and he got in his car and left the studio and I had a laser pointer pointed on him in his car and Outkick had to investigate that and find whether or not it was a real gun and a real laser. Well, it was a fake laser pointer, And I was just trying to intimidate him And this. And then I got written up for doing that. And everyone knew about it in the company. And then I went to a strip club <laughs> flashing the same gun. You know, when I'm on a company retreat, then I'm, I'm not, and there's keeping, a
0: policy I, in place.
1: Yeah. Fox and outkick. Don't care at that point. They're not going to send me to rehab. They're going to fire me. That's how most everyone is going to be treated in that situation. Mm -hmm. So do not accuse us of going too hard at John Moran. This is the way the real world would treat you and your job, wherever you're watching from right now, whatever you're doing, that's how you're going to get treated in this situation. This is not a one-time thing. This is not a, oh, he's a legal gun owner and he's got a carry permit and he can do what he, no. This is a culmination of events that has led to this that anyone else is probably getting fired from their job and not some option of, you know what, we're going to pay for you to go on a retreat and get right, and then you're going to come back, and we're not going to care about it at all anymore. No, this is, again, I'm not even counting two other strikes, and this is already three strikes with guns against John Morant. So the league is well within their rights to lay the hammer on him, but also, if you don't want to look like a hypocrite, Make sure he's doing something
0: to help himself well, during that time. And I, from, the, from the first discussion we had on this, I've, I've, I said, like, I, I want to make sure this guy doesn't end up in prison or dead. And since then, Stephen A. Smith has said the same thing. Shannon Sharp is saying the same thing. I'm with them. Like, I, and Barkley and others, they're all voicing their opinion and they're backing not just the NBA policy – But whatever's headed his way suspension-wise, but what they're also agreeing to is there's more to this and the path that he's on, the trend that he's on. Uh, Skip Bayless with uh, the segment with Little Wayne, he's saying, like, I hope John Morant doesn't turn out to be one of those people you just can't save. But what I can't sit here and say is the NBA doesn't have a part in that for a 23-year-old that currently remains an active player in the league. And they let him back into the league even after the previous two times so i, I do want to see what they lay out in detail instead of just um he's getting treatment guys um, you know he's he'll rejoin the team when he's ready it's It's got to be more than that and and for the first time, uh maybe in a while, we see a lot of current and former players that agree with the overall sentiment of the policies in place and the fact that We continue to see it from one individual. And I'm also not here saying that the other players don't have guns on them. They're admitting on social media that they're just not flaunting it. They're not putting it out there. And there are comments on that, too, as to why you wouldn't want to do that.
1: This is not an anti-gun stance. This is an an anti-being-an-idiot-with-a-gun stance, especially when you've had other gun-related problems as a player in the league. That's That's what we're talking about here.
0: Monopoly. That's what we're talking about in the PGA Tour with their uh, alliance with LIV. Saudi money, the impact, we've got now the government looking into the funds coming in and the the fact that the PGA Tour is saying, hey, uh, the fact that Saudi money's been around is exactly why, and and the fact that it's been so influential is exactly why we had to take this deal and this, this unifying agreement. We'll look into what Jay Monahan is saying this week compared to last week and last year. That's straight ahead right here on Hot Mic. Glad you're with us. We've got uh, John McClane coming up in a little over 30 minutes. Plus, we have Kurt Schilling on today's show. That will be in uh, today's third hour. Always a great convo with Kurt, the Kurt Schilling Baseball Show, available now at outkick.com every Tuesday and Friday. Sixth and Peabody, our location with e Hop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chat, it's going to be a, a newsworthy and noteworthy week out in Los Angeles. Los Angeles Country Club, U.S. Open, things tee off on, on Thursday. News is going to continue to trickle out and, and maybe even more than that, maybe pour out based on the fact that players are arriving, you know, that the, the media is arriving for the U.S. Open, and all of the discussion will be about the PGA Tour and Live and their alliance, their agreement, their unifying stance now. A year after, uh, you had Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour waving the flag, pointing to, you know, the, the patriotism and the Saudi money, the blood money that was being poured in, to the game of golf and what June 6th PGA tour announced that they had a new entity that was being formed with Saudi Arabia's, the wealth fund, the, the sovereign wealth fund, the PIF joining with the, the DP world tour. Well, now you've got uh, Senator uh, Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut who sent the letter to Monaghan and the, and live golf uh, that said PGA's, PGA TOUR's agreement with PIF regarding live golf, raises concerns about the Saudi government's role in influencing this effort and risks posed by a foreign government entity, assuming control over a cherished American institution. PIF has announced that it intends to use investments in sports to further the Saudi government's strategic objectives. Uh, that uh, We've always known that. And what what uh, we've, you know, we're now hearing from Monaghan is, hey, this type of money has been pouring in to things other than sports and now we're seeing in sports to where the policies that are in place for this money to even trickle in, flow in, pour in led us to where we are now to where we either had to join forces here or we were done based on the political gaming that goes on, the judicial gaming that was going to continue to happen and bleed the PGA Tour. But I, I found this part interesting, um, Chad, from Andrew Brandt, who was a sports agent, a general manager, and now in the media and covers a number of things, mainly the NFL. But in his newsletter for, the, for this past weekend, he says this. My sense is that the PGA Tour knew or was advised that, one, the Live Tour funded by the $600 billion wealth fund was not going away. The mutual antitrust lawsuit, not scheduled for trial until at least 2024, that was going to present uncomfortable discovery issues for the PGA Tour. And here's where it all, I think, lies. And that's me adding this in, not Andrew Brandt. But he adds into this. They would, the, the discovery would show how the PGA Tour magically found money for twenty million dollar purse escalations, which came about over the past calendar year, and the fact that they have the the, uh, the non-profit said the not-for-profit uh, status currently, yep. which is another thing that Blumenthal wants to look into. But it, without a doubt, the Saudis bought golf because keep this in mind because it, I think they were selling the fact that that you you have live who was they weren't these. They weren't the majority stakeholder, right? So based on how everything is written, they get the, the Live Tour will decide who gets to join the board and when and who they want to invest into the Live and PGA Tour in this new entity. So they're the deciding body on that. So if they want to fund more into the overall new entity that they're creating... They're in control of that. So they're running golf. They've bought golf.
1: Well, and Jay Monahan, you know, said it the way. I know you've talked about it a lot, Hutton, is, hey, this private investment fund is investing in tons of American businesses. Mm -hmm. We're just the latest they've gone after. So we eventually just played ball like a number of other businesses have that have been invested, taking their money in investment and capital, and we're now just doing the same. So... There's so much to still learn about this whole story. And my big question is, what does this really do to golf as we know it in the United States? And tournaments as we know it in the United States? And what the majors look like? All of those things. My guess is, from the common fans' perspective, it's not going to mean much. There's not going to be a huge difference in the quality of the golf or the way the tournaments are played or anything else. But we're going to find out, just like we have... This is going to be a slow bleed of information now for months on this story about why this happened
0: and what's next. John Rahm is saying he feels betrayed. The PGA golfers feel betrayed. They should. Uh, And they know that the PIF is now the sole investor in the PGA Tour and they have the right of first refusal on any other future investors. Coming up, Georgia football and the trend.